Hi, everybody. I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where I tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie now called The Wife, starring my guest, Glenn Close, who I'm so thrilled to have here. And it's a movie that goes a certain way until it doesn't. And so there's a lot of surprises in store for you. And I think this is Glenn Close at her brilliant best. So congratulations on this movie. Thank you very much. So our work is done here. Okay. <laughs> no, but I think it's better if it comes from you just setting up what this movie is. It's a little bit tricky because you don't want to give I know, I any of the it. surprises. But it's um, uh, Joe and Joan Castleman. They've been married for a very long time. Uh, he, at the very beginning of the film, finds out he's been giving the Nobel Prize in Literature. And the, the film is their trip to Stockholm and what happens during that in that event that um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well many I'm sitting here happen. going and many things happen <laughs> yeah, during that yeah, event yeah. but it is your character Joan Castleman is a woman that we see a lot of reaction from her to what's happening with the award and what I love about the performance is that it's not that secret I'm not going to give away the secret, but we see in details, an accumulation of details that kind of define a marriage Mm. and what this woman is really going to stand for. She's going to want to stand for herself. Now, I should say it's set in the early 90s, but I've never seen a movie recently that so speaks to the current movement that Mm -hmm. we're in now. She, She has taken the role of being very much in the background, holding his coat making sure he's taking his pills, knows where his glasses are. <laughs> and she's, she's sometimes made to feel invisible. And it's her kind of rebirth from that in a way. Uh, yeah. Well, you, it, <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> we can't talk about this. We can. I want people we'll to see no, we, it. We, what we can say, though. What I am trying to say about the Time's Up movement mm-hmm. um, is that 1992, where we're seeing this, mm-hmm. seems a long time ago now. Mm. And at the same time, it seems right now, mm-hmm. especially for a lot of women mm-hmm. who haven't been able to get to that moment where they could say, you know what, I'm not going to take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Because without, it's not giving away anything mm-hmm. about the secrets, but this guy is full of himself. Mm-hmm. And he's had affairs. Uh, your character's been very patient with it, uh, within reason. And yet she is reacting to, what is my life now? What's mm-hmm. happening to my life now? And where have I been complicit in yeah. this life? Yeah. yeah. No, it's fascinating. And um, I think it ends up being the portrait of a marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, the portrait of a very complex marriage two very specific people and uh it was it was really thrilling to work with jonathan who i think gives us jonathan price who gives a spectacular performance and a role that most people would uh say was thankless and that he had the courage to play the husband in a woman in a movie called the wife yeah what did you have to do to get him to do it? What was it? We had to go to England. <laughs> We're shooting it there. Well, no. There were no American actor uh, wanted to do it. 
because they felt they were just coming off badly in that sense. Well, I think a lot of a lot of guys would think that that if they're not in a movie called The Husband, um, it's not <laughs> worth doing. <laughs> Is that an unprovoked personal attack on men? No, no, no. no there's Just nothing a, like that in it. A certain breed of actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, and there's a lot of, of that. But it seems to me to be so germane to a point, and I think what Jonathan Price does is that we see the flaws in this guy and how they got intensified. Yes. In a lot of ways, your character's an enabler of him in some way. Absolutely. Because that was the question I Absolutely. asked myself. First time I saw the movie, yeah. I'm over and I'm saying, why is she putting up with that bastard? Why hasn't she done that before? Did you ask yourself that? I, that was the major question. I put my name on this project not knowing the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Because I did not want all the women in the audience to jump up and say, oh, just leave him. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, why doesn't she do that after all these years? And in answering that question very specifically, doing a lot of thought, um, you know, and, and working with Jane Anderson, our wonderful screenwriter, and Bjorn Runga, um, I got to understand her and uh, love that character. Did this speak to you personally, the whole theme of this? I had, yes, I, it, it did. As I, again, as I really got into her, I realized that she basically, in, in, a, in a big way, not completely, but in a big way, was the mother that I observed um, my whole life, who basically deferred to my father for everything mm-hmm. and was diminished. Um, he made her feel diminished, and she was not always happy. And um, and we we actually thought she'd be happier outside of the marriage. But she was married in 1945 and 44, and she said, "I was, I've you know made this vow, and this is where I'm going to be." I think she she, but she was not fu- a fulfilled human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was it was. Well, I remember sad. in your sister's book, in, in Resilience, which mm. you contributed to, too, because that was a very strange upbringing to very. have your dad say, we're going to be in moral rearmament, we're going to join something that sounds like a religious cult. It wasn't just my dad, but yeah. But she said, okay. Yeah. And did you feel... I think she was the one who actually first heard the people and then invited them to our house. Oh. Little did she know. Well, that that stuff is your childhood, and it's yes. very di- it's it's yes. you too. But as a child, yeah. you can't be doing enabling because you're the kid who doesn't right. know yet what's right. You look at your parents and say they have to be correct. Yeah, it was a sort very, of a difficult role model. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, to say the least. <laughs> I don't want to go you know too deep no, into the into the essence of, but it, it's traumatic. Yes. And so how do you now deal with your feelings about your parents after that happened? I have, I have come to terms with, I think I really understand why they did what they did, what led to them at that particular moment in their life mm-hmm. to make that decision. Um, I'm sure they didn't know what damage it would do to the family. They weren't, you know... They, they were very altruistic. They wanted to do something for the world, and they mm-hmm. thought they'd be able to do it through this group. Um, so I have forgiven them, I, I, because I think I understand. I can put myself in their shoes. It does not alleviate 
the damage that all of us have lived with, you know, all me and my siblings. That's something that we are, you know, you, you face and you get on with it. Um, hopefully, uh, that's, you know, that's the ideal. Well, the thing is, this whole group, this religious group, was all up with people and positive and moral rearmament. And this is not what any of you are feeling, you and your siblings, while it's happening. You know, so it has to go somewhere. The emotions have mm-hmm. to go somewhere. Does it go into your work? Because you, you're making a real connection to the character that you're playing in the wife, to your mother. Well, I've, I, you know, again, I think any artist, and I consider myself an artist, mm-hmm. I think we, we create from a, from a whole panoply of experiences. I've never wanted to use the a psychiatrist's couch for the behavior mm-hmm. of my characters, mm-hmm. though I have worked with a psychiatrist at some point just to understand behavior. And um, so I think, yes, I think the work that I've done on myself in order to understand what I went through and to have it not trigger me all the time has, has in some ways, in, in, if, it, if, if it is relevant, informed me about certain characters. Um, uh, but I usually I think I still feel like a... A blank slate, you know. When I when I am confronted with a new character, I don't presume that I'll be able to truly inhabit them. So the exploration begins, and the exploration begins for an audience too, mm. because we're watching your performance as this, and we're we have our own thoughts about who Joan is, mm-hmm. and then they get mixed up in yours because you have figured out who she is without ever explaining it. Mm-hmm. There's no scene in The Wife where it's a, here's why she does this. Here's, we're just looking at your face and we're seeing it and understanding it. And that's a great compliment to you, but also to the film. Mm-hmm. Because Jane Anderson is a really good screenwriter. She, she did Olive Kidderidge too, which yeah. was a, a tremendous job of that. Yep. But you with it, it's great because in the movie that you have in The Wife, we have flashbacks to your character in college played by your own daughter. Yes. yes. What is that? Talk about uh, psychiatrist couch. What went on in the discussions there? Oh, well, no. I mean, um, my daughter and I have an extremely close relationship and always have, which I am blessed by. Um, we, like any other actor in the, in the piece, she came in and we all talked around the table mm-hmm. about key points of character, um, which she had to establish, basically. So you yeah, go, she came first. She came first. <laughs> right. So um, I said, I, you know, I'll follow what you put down, yeah. you know. It was really fun. And then uh, when they came to shooting, uh, she and um, Harry Lloyd shot their, their bits first, and I just, I left town. I didn't, I thought, you know. You weren't hanging out there. I wasn't going to be a hovering mother, and I didn't want her to even feel obligated to have to tell me how it went. So, yeah, she had a, I, I left town. But when I, when I saw what she did, I was so incredibly proud. You should be. Yeah. And her name is Annie Stark, by the way. So mm-hmm. people that see this movie will be not only having this to discuss, you know, but seeing a really solidly good actress, you know, beginning a career, which mm-hmm. is which is great. Yeah, it's yeah. thrilling. Yeah, because I remember I remember your first movie being The World According to Garp, 
right. where you're playing uh, Robin Williams' mother, though you're like three years old right. <laughs> or something, and you're, you're doing this and getting an Oscar nomination for it right away. In fact, a series of them kept coming, right? Big chill after yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, it was just this amazing introduction to a film audience. But you were also doing Broadway. You were doing... I remember seeing you in Barnum. Barnum. Barnum, yeah. right. So in musical, all of this is happening. What does that career do for you? How does it nurture you? Oh. Well, I'm very lucky to love what I do. Mm-hmm. And to be successful in, in doing what I love. Yeah, it's loving you back. Yes. For some people, it doesn't love them back. Yeah. You know? I mean, I also think it should keep you humble. I, it really should. I, I think to be an actor or I say an actress, to be an actress, um, it is about exploring the human condition and trying to understand the behavior of all these different characters. And in, and in that journey, you have to find a tolerance for other human beings. You have to find an empathy because you cannot judge the characters that you're playing to be fair to them. Mm-hmm. And so what those characters have given me uh, is, um, I, you know, invaluable. Um, and it's such, a, it's such an amazing um, journey for me, each one of them, of just discovering. I'm so interested in why people behave the way they do. Well, you are, but those performances, some of them on the, like Fatal Attraction, Alex is, oh, she's evil, I'm scared of her, but that's not how you play her. No. You know, it's it's how people see that because they're frightened of the actions that she did or, you know, mm-hmm. boiling a bunny or or doing something really scary. That wasn't so nice. That wasn't so <laughs> nice. No. I'm just trusting you've never boiled any animal. No, you know, I don't think so. Unless you're enjoying lobster, you know, then it's kind I don't of, even like putting, <laughs> seeing lobsters put in so pots. There's no bunny boiling in terms of doing any of that. But those, that kind of role or to take it to the nth degree when you're Cruella de Vil right. in 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> this is... Hmm. She's so bad. She's, she's bad, yeah. yeah. But there's none of this in you, Glenn, right? There isn't any. <laughs> oh. No. I think... I what's mean, the what, bad side of what's Glenn What's fascinating Clubs? about us is I think uh, we're capable of anything. It's, it's just how we've been civilized mm-hmm. that keeps us from doing certain things. Um, how many times you hear people say, I just want to kill him, but you don't. <laughs> you know, well, most of us don't. Of us don't. <laughs> I just wanted to. Did that make people, are people intimidated by you because of some of those roles? I think roles? they are, <laughs> which is so sad. <laughs> I'm really not anything like those characters. In fact, I'm, I'm a shy introvert, if anything. Really? Yeah. That's, it's hard to believe given all of that because Glenda Jackson was here recently and I said, Are you, do you intimidate people? And she said, Oh, absolutely not. I terrify them. I know. I can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> I suppose if you wanted to, you could. But oh, it's, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's coming out because as an actor, you're living with those characters that you've created. They're in your head somewhere, aren't they? Well, they don't go away. Not, well, well, I guess, I guess if they were, if they, yeah. Well, I, I, I want to get them all together for I dinner. Once, I, once I, 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 I once 
I, I got the thought that being an act, actor is the closest we get to insanity. Because, because <laughs> That's a good thought. It really is. Because you, you, you're in the thoughts of someone else, but you're, you come out of it, but you get really close. You know? And I've always thought if I, if I ever go insane, it will probably be, <laughs> you know, probably be on stage where I can't, because that's really weird to see the backstage of everything fake and then you go on stage and the audience is believing everything. <laughs> if you ever kind of got lost in the in-between. <laughs> well, normal kind of gets have, lost. My daughter will take care of me. <laughs> She'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> because poor Norma Desmond's waiting for her close That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's, she's Norma not Desmond is really interesting. Norm, I've also played uh, Blanche Dubois, and mm-hmm. they kind of exit in the same state. They do. It's the yes. straitjacket's neck yeah. or whatever else is happening. <laughs> but you would like me to believe that you, Glenn Close, live a quiet life of um, serenity. And you, I do. <laughs> I do. Okay. No, I think it's me, great. Me and my dog Pip. No, I have a very, I have a very, you know, when I can be home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, tr- <laughs> I keep trying to simplify. Yeah. But it's yeah. hard for you to be. I mean, you, you've won three Emmys, three Tony Awards, what six Oscar nominations? They, oh, that's the question. That's it now. Glenn Close is now the, has the most Oscar nominations without ever winning. Are you bitter and vindictive over that? No. 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 It's no. okay, isn't it? It's totally you can, you okay. You can go on <laughs> enjoying the career <laughs> totally that you okay. have. It's totally okay. I, again, I, I, I try to... You should I, have won for Dangerous Liaisons, too. I would uh, have given you that. For well, that. I, I think uh, there's their Oscar roles. Mm-hmm. And I think not all roles allow you to show what you're capable of. So I'm grateful to get a role that people deem worthy enough to be nominated for because Mm -hmm. that means I've shown something um, because of this character that they think is worthy of of note. Um, But I so I do think a lot of it depends on the role. Well. I, I often want to ask actors when they have it, because there's often a movie or two that you do that you're happy with what you've done. Yes. You're, usually actors are very critical on themselves. Yes. But the fact is that it, it didn't get the reaction that you wanted. Do you have one or two of those that people can go watch now <laughs> and see that, that you feel deserve a second chance? Oh. Um, well, I was sad that... that um, People didn't see Albert Knobs the way I wish they could have, mm-hmm. because I'm very proud of that movie. It was, it was, it came out late, and I thought that was an unfortunate decision, um, because I'm very proud of that movie. So go back and see that, and then also the version of uh, Line in Winter that I did. I think is some of the best work I ever did. But it, I think it ended up on Showtime. It was a, it initially supposed to be a theatrical mm-hmm. release. And whatever politic, whatever happened, it ended up going on cable. And I don't know how many people saw it. But again, that's something I'm very proud of. And then there are other ones that I'm just happy for the people. <laughs> that they, well, we didn't. They We're said gonna, this I saw it on the airplane. Don't tell me what it was. I know exactly <laughs> I, what film it was. It's worse when you're on the airplane and they're watching. <laughs> and they're watching. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then you have to go, I'm I sorry. I thought it was going to be good. It was the director. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Well, 
I know you've had a career where there's very little you need to apologize for. So <laughs> it, it's great that all this is happening because you didn't have a career. You're having one. And, yes. <laughs> and enjoying every minute of it. And I this am. is the first time you've been on this show. So yes. you don't know we end in song. Do you? Do we? We do. What do you and, sing? Well, I sing everything, and then they tell me to shut up and let the guests do a little piece of some song that means something to them. What do you, what do you well, want I me to sing? Well, I could do all of Sunset Boulevard, but what, nobody wants to hear me do it, you know, because I've been on vacation. Oh. When I came back here, I went, I was thinking, I don't know why I'm frightened. Uh-huh. How long I do I have no, to go no, on you for? Don't it goes on for three <laughs> phrases. Um... Look at this. Mm-hmm, so it's shy. It's hard Your, to do it this. It isn't hard. <laughs> it isn't hard. You I'll tell do me it what with to you. sing. Um, oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm frightened. <laughs> I know my way around, around here. here. The cardboard trees, the painted seas, the sound here. Just what? a word. What? to rediscover I think I started higher than usual <laughs> but I'm not in any hurry and I need a mo- moment beautiful <laughs> you've made my day <laughs> thank, thank you so much thank you